So for those that are more curious, because oftentimes on Tuesdays at 5.30, we talk local sports. A lot of it's high school with Ben Cates of NewsAdvance.com. We're angling for that tomorrow. We're just moving things around because we often do this. Memorial Day and Labor Day are the two most noted days when we get these Monday holidays. So we just uh, rejig, readjust the schedule here in the fast lane. So little programming note for those that are curious now to topics, including what's the future for Virginia basketball, someone who's been on top of things, both in terms of player acquisition and who might be returning or might not, is how we start things off in covering the Commonwealth. Yep, we're copying this idea. Covering the Commonwealth, a look at the locally interesting teams and stories from the experts who cover them. Let's start with the Virginia Cavaliers. JerryRatcliffe.com founder and contributor, Jerry Ratcliffe, veteran UVA reporter with us here. Hootie, before we look at Jaron Stevenson, you've been all over that on the Jerry Ratcliffe Show podcast and at JerryRatcliffe.com. How much of that hinges on the decision for re-speakman? And more importantly, where do you see that decision going as we approach the 11th or 12th hour of that? You mean the uh, Beekman decision? Yes, Beekman first. Uh, yeah, I, you know, like you said, it's the 11th hour. He has until sometime tomorrow to pull his name out of the draft. Uh, I don't think anybody knows at this point other than, than Reese Beekman, and I'm, I don't even know if he knows, but uh, uh, certainly he's been working out with various teams uh, trying to get feedback. Uh, all the projections I've seen lately do not have him even as a, a second-round pick. Uh, I mean, certainly you can still be uh, picked up by a team and sign a two-way contract and make a, a pretty good living, but a lot of people think it would be smarter for him to come back for a year, season his offense, and possibly work himself into a first-round pick next year where uh, there's guaranteed money and lots of it. Um, I, I don't know. We don't know how his workouts have gone with other teams. He hasn't been as vocal as uh, some of the previous Virginia players in, in letting us know how uh, his workouts went. He, he had a good one uh, really good scrimmage at the Combine, but I don't know if that's enough to turn the heads of scouts and general managers or not. Um I guess we're just going to have to wait and see. I think a lot of people are not expecting him to come back just because he's waited so long. A lot of the other guys who have pulled out have pulled out much earlier. Um, so um, I guess he's going to keep us guessing like uh, Mamadi Diakite did until the 11th hour, the 11th minute of the 11th hour. And um, we'll just have to see. I, I don't think that has any bearing on what Jaron Stevenson might do. Uh, it's a three-horse race, it sounds like to me, between Carolina, Virginia, and Alabama. Uh, I think Alabama's throwing a lot of NIL money at him, and uh, Carolina's throwing a lot of come-and-play-for-your-home-state pressure on him. Uh, Virginia's just trying to show him that they can develop him into an NBA player, which is his ultimate goal. <laughs> is our Virginia Cavaliers instead of showing NIL money are they showing NBA contract figures for guys like DeAndre Hunter and Malcolm Brogdon and just saying well look this might be what awaits you instead I think that's what all they can do because you know like like Duke and Clemson they don't believe in throwing lavish amounts of money at recruits and uh, 
that might backfire on them and cost them some people. But uh, in the long run, that's that's what they're doing, and, and they have to uh, prove that there's other benefits coming to Virginia. And um, you know, it's a risk you take in today's modern collegiate world. JerryRatcliffe.com founder Jerry Hootie Ratcliffe Hootie. Over the weekend, lacrosse, Virginia, they fell to Notre Dame in the semifinals. Not that you feel good about losing, but is it maybe more understandable given the way Notre Dame, they led, Duke tied it, but then Notre Dame surged at the end, the way the Irish were in control of that championship win yesterday. Yeah, Notre Dame uh, played its best lacrosse of the year in the, in the over the weekend in both games. And, um, wow, I'm, I'm very deserving. I'm happy for Kevin Corrigan. He's been there 35 years and won it all, but Virginia doesn't have anything to hang its head about. They played well, uh, didn't play the best defense in the world, but, um, you know, they've had a great season and they, they should be able to come back and uh, and maybe make it all the way next year. Indeed, they should. Meanwhile, baseball, more ahead for them. They are a host for the regionals, and if they make it beyond that, potentially a super regional matchup as well. They are in that top eight seeding group. Hootie, you surprised by that at all? Uh, no, not really. I, I thought they played uh, really good down the stretch after they uh, kind of recommitted themselves with a few weeks left to playing uh, win at all costs kind of baseball, and that should serve them well in the regionals. It's, it's a very tough regional with some really experienced, proven teams in it. And I uh, just got through with the podcast myself with the Army coach, which we'll have up tonight. Um their first round opponent but uh no no surprise i think virginia's playing well and uh they fully expect to survive it and host the super regional jerry ratcliffe.com founder jerry hootie ratcliffe hootie thank you much for your time today we appreciate it now to At anytime man we'll see you soon now to the virginia tech hokies hokey 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 high that was me i got the false start on that one and jumped the gun a little bit early come on ed come on Trey, giving me a pep talk here is David Cunningham. You know what? We'll have to do it as well. This is this is you know we're off a day. We're thrown off. Like I was all uh, my my body clock was off all day. Today. I've got a case of the Mondays on Tuesday. Yes, I pulled an Office Space reference today in the Fast Lane. One of the like six movies that I've watched and seen before. David Cunningham with us here in the Fast Lane. David, before current events get discussed, I guess this is current. Virginia Tech announcing their Hall of Fame class. It's a pretty star-studded group. I mean, with all due respect to the three non-revenue-generating sport athletes that are in there, or the four out of that, Bob Bowman, Kerry Mason, Jasmine Reeves, and Alex Ziegler, David Wilson and Kyle Fuller, as well as Malcolm Delaney, about 10 to 15 years ago, a lot of Hokie fans have fond memories of the two football players, Wilson from Danville and Kyle Fuller, and then, of course, Malcolm Delaney with uh, Virginia Tech's run under Seth Greenberg. Yeah, Ed, great to be with you. And, yeah, I think it's a, it really starts at a class. You mentioned uh, the four from non-revenue sports. I think I think their resumes speak for themselves, and they're all extremely impressive, multiple individual national championships uh, and such, a couple NCAA tournament appearances among them, College Cup uh, a finalist, uh, Herman, Herman Trophy finalist. Um, but, yeah, everybody knows the, the football and, and men's basketball player, Malcolm Delaney. Uh, he was a staple for Virginia Tech for four seasons. Surprisingly, he never made the NCAA tournament, which I think is probably the, the one big thing that never happened in his career when he played alongside Jeff Allen under Seth Greenberg. But he, he's a big fan favorite. Everybody loves him um, around Blacksburg, just Virginia Tech fans in general. And then you look at 
the two guys on the gridiron, Kyle Fuller, he, he's a fan favorite. Of course, a family favorite, considering Virginia Tech absolutely loves the Fuller brothers and, and that entire family. Four different brothers played for Virginia Tech. Uh, and David Wilson, you can't get enough of David Wilson. Um, everybody has their own favorite David Wilson story. Uh, I would say mine, Trey might agree with me. Um, and, and chasing either chasing down a rabbit on the drill field or uh, climbing up the side of Castle Coliseum. David Wilson could do it all, whether it was on the you know track and field. He won the triple jump um, at, at, and and placed at a cup placed highly at the NCAAs. I think six, um, but he was also a beast on the football field. So it's a really good class, and of course they'll be honored uh, in September when Virginia Tech hosts Purdue. Yes, indeed, that is the Hall of Fame game for Virginia Tech. Our listeners can of course hear all Virginia Tech football games on VTR in Southside and the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app. If Virginia Tech has success in football, they are slated to get more money now. We had our chat with Whit Babcock last week, the athletic director. It's up at Fast Lane, Ed Lane, where you listen to podcasts. And your colleague, Andy Bitter, had the two-part series as well with the aforementioned athletic director of Virginia Tech. Is this a temporary solution? Is this just more of a way to really showcase who's strong in the conference and who's not? Maybe to other bidders that might want to grab some of these schools or uh, an ESPN group that may say, hey, we want these schools, but not that in the new ACC whenever that happens in 15 years. What does this actually mean? Well, I think it's really interesting, Ed, and actually uh, I'm going to preview something. We are I am running a story on TechSideline.com tomorrow. Uh, first thing tomorrow morning that you can go check out there. Uh, I'm gonna, I broke down the revenue distribution essentially from this small group, this small pot of money, I would say, the college football playoff and the NCAA tournament and the New Year's Six Bowls from the last nine years since the playoff came around in 2014, 2015. And again, it's a, it's a small pool of money, right? It's not the giant revenue distribution from, from television contracts or anything. This is what's going to be changing, though. And I, I'm still curious. We'll obviously find out more probably around July when we go to the ACC kickoff in Charlotte about how they're going to divvy up the revenue distribution. But it's very curious because there are some schools like Duke and North Carolina and Virginia and Florida State and Clemson that are farther ahead of the field. And then there are some schools like Virginia Tech and Wake Forest and Boston College and Georgia Tech that have not necessarily carried their own weight. So it's not necessary. I'm very curious again to still see how they divvy everything up. But it's I think it's kind of a, a short term solution, not saying that uh, that conference realignment is going to happen or anything um but but i think it's getting to the point where some of those big schools those big brands the the clemsons who make the college football playoff four or five times right for each college football playoff appearance they get six million dollars well the six million dollars was being distributed across the entire acc because it was split evenly so Depending on how they split it, Clemson's obviously, you know, Clemson or whoever makes college football playoff, and the same goes for the year six bowl or the NCAA tournament, it's going to be split up probably more heavily favoring teams who actually do well and actually provide for the conference, so to speak. So I'm very curious to see how it plays out, and I think it might separate a little bit some of the teams in the conference from, from those standpoint. I think it all kind of depends on the actual formula and how they end up deciding it. But it is all interesting stuff, and I think right now it's kind of just the teams at the top, you know, 
if they can't get out of the grant of rights, well, they got to find more money somehow. And I think they feel like this is the best way to gain a little bit more money, even if it is, you know, potentially only 10 to $12 million a year. Yeah, I mean, every little bit helps. And uh, it may not be a lot, but it does give you a little bit more wiggle room. We always have plenty of room. We don't need the extra wiggle room for the inside of David Cunningham. It's there at techsideline.com and the real DCON A on Twitter and Instagram. David, thank you for your time today in the fast lane. Hopefully you can take a breath now that the uh, spring sports season is basically wrapped up and uh, who knows what will break in the meantime. Something I'm sure will. Yeah, I'm sure it will, Ed. I'll talk to you soon. Indeed. David Cunningham with us here in the fast lane. Now to the Liberty Flames. With John Manson from a seaofred.com as he's joined us here in the fast lane. John, a pleasure to speak with you. First and foremost, baseball season came to a close for Liberty this past year. Um, you have long-term concerns or is this the reality that, I mean, much like Virginia went through a couple of years ago right after their national championship where it was kind of a reset for the program, this type of year is more likely to happen in a sport like baseball given the variance of players and uh, certainly roster construction in that sport. Yeah, I think it's a little bit of a blip on the radar. I mean, under Coach Jackson, uh, Liberty Baseball has been, you know, not just relevant in the A-Sun, but nationally re- relevant, you know, making uh, an NCAA regional each of the last three uh, uh, tournaments that they played, tw- going back to 2019. Uh, the most two recent ones were as an at-large. So uh, this is a program that's kind of been uh, gaining respect on a national level. And, and this year was, you know, the team was a, a little funny. It kind of felt like, uh, it, it felt like every time you turn the corner, they were getting, they were about to turn the corner. They were about to uh, take that next step, about to string together a bunch of wins, and it just never really happened. And uh, it always felt like it was coming. You felt like maybe in the A Sun tournament, they they figure things out. Uh, and they did a good job of being able to advance out of pool play and and get into the semifinals. But uh, that's where the inconsistency once again uh, showed up, and it started with Garrett Horn unable to get out of the first inning, giving up five runs uh, before even recording an out. And, that, and that's Garrett Horn, who's been the team's ace all season and even some of the last year before he got shut down late in the season. So, yeah, I think it's just a little bit of a blip on the radar, a little bit of retooling. you got a lot of young guys, right? I mean, there's lots of guys, if you go back and look at some of the box scores from uh, uh, from the A-Sun tournament, there's a lot of freshmen and sophomores, Braden Horton, Kane Kepley, uh, Nathan Keeter, Garrett Horn as well. He's just a sophomore. Uh, Cam Foster is only a sophomore. A lot of young guys, young faces that kind of made a splash this year. John Simmons, another one. He had two home runs this past weekend in the tournament. So uh, you a lot of young faces they can build around and you know add a few pieces maybe in the portal or, or through Juco to kind of plug in some holes here and there. They really need some more pitching depth. I think that's uh, the biggest, most glaring uh, weakness there is in the bullpen. That's what they had last year. Uh, they didn't quite have that this season. But, but yeah, I, I think it's just a little bit of a blip on the radar. Get another year of, of retooling under the belt, another year of recruiting, and uh, they should be back on the national stage again uh, next season. Pivoting away from baseball, John, to the bigger picture part of Liberty Baseball being back, and obviously with their season wrapping up, it concludes the tenure of Liberty in the A-Sun. <laughs> I loved your tongue-in-cheek quote at J.C. Manson on Twitter, and I'm going to paraphrase that it's liberating to be done with the A-Sun. I know that's not as much a disrespectful thing as it is Liberty upgrading to Conference USA. Um, 
Are, are you at the point now where you're doing more research on Conference USA, or have you already started doing that as these seasons have wrapped up just to get a gauge on what Liberty is going to be facing starting with football? Yeah, for Liberty fans, joining a FBS conference has been a dream for really decades. Uh, but certainly the last, you know, seven to, to ten years probably when uh, the athletic department has grown so much under previous AD, uh, Jeff Barber, and then uh, most recently under Ian McCall's leadership. And uh, so so getting to that uh, FBS conference home has been such a, such a um, dream and goal and aspiration for the program, for the fan base. Uh, so being able to put the A-Sun kind of in the bed, uh, it is a good thing. It's a, it's a thing to look forward to. And, and, you know, we could sit here and debate, you know, until we're blue in the face about is Conference USA the right place for the football program and the other sports? And, and is there a better conference home out there? But the reality is that's where Liberty is going to be uh, for the foreseeable future. And, and uh, Conference USA is, uh, you know, they, they've got – Liberty will have their work cut out. We were just talking about baseball. Uh, Conference USA has a very strong baseball history. They're, they're very good in basketball. Men's basketball is going to be a huge step up for the Flames. Uh, multiple teams that are ranked in the top 100 to 150 uh, nationally. So it's a, it's a lot, a big step up. But for football, it gives them that foot in the door where they can, you know, if they have a special season, maybe string together a couple of special seasons in a row uh, and get to where they're being ranked in the CFP top 25 and, and win a conference championship, they could, you know, potentially sneak into the, uh, the 12-team expanded playoff. And, uh, you know, so being in a conference home, it's something that, yes, you have to give up some things. You're not going to have a Virginia Tech coming into Williams Stadium this season, trade those games out for, for your Conference USA games. But uh, long-term, uh, with the aspirations of this program, is, is to be able to get into the CFP. And that's something Coach Chadwell has spoken about uh, from the day he was hired as, at his introductory press conference. And it's something that he still has uh, on his mind as he leads this program going into the next few years. I mean, that's long-term stuff, but short-term, I'm really looking forward to the next iteration of Liberty and the Bull tie-ins. Of course, you've got the look at the tie-ins at a seaofred.com, but the next iteration has got to be Richie Longshots detailing what would be the most uh, vice-filled trips for Liberty Flames fans, just so we can all be amused by that. Yeah, if you uh, anybody was able to join us down in uh, Boca last year, it was a good time, and Richie Longshot <laughs> made his appearance down there, and uh, it was a lot of fun. Was had some things that cannot be spoken on the air or, or publicly, but uh, what happens in Boca stays in Boca, and maybe uh, Liberty can get to a Bahamas Bowl here yes! coming up uh, this coming season and have some things that you know what happens in the Bahamas stays in the Bahamas, especially when you're with uh, Richie Longshot. Trey and I are pumping our fists for this. Yeah, can we? get that cover john you think you could uh maybe sponsor to sponsor us for a trip to the palmas bowl we'll see what we can do we'll see what we can do we'll do live shows every day with you come on <laughs> in the bahamas you know it's funny because you actually hear some of the fan base say anywhere but the bahamas uh as comments on that article the other day and uh that's kind of interesting to me it seems like a fun place to go and spend a few days in december i don't understand you know it's a lot better than going to uh boise or or Detroit or somewhere like that in, yes. in uh, December, right? Trust me, if if, if the first choice <laughs> is the uh, famous Idaho Potato Bowl, I bet you a lot of Liberty fans after going to it would be like, you know what, I think we're going to go to the, Dude, I think not, the Bahamas Bowl is better. John and Trey, I'm not going to lie, man. The A-Sun, or excuse me, Conference USA, i got to get one for the virtual swear jar. Conference USA's got better bowl tie-ins than the ACC. At least you got... 
Bahamas, you have Hawaii as an alternate site, the ACC. You mentioned Detroit and Idaho. I think they've both gone there, even even Shreveport. I mean, we've had some real down luck options Shreveport for the has ACC. the casino, at least. Oh, what could go wrong with Richie Long shots at a casino? In the meantime, John, not much goes wrong when you're in the fast lane. We appreciate the insight from a seaofred.com. Thanks so much for having me on, guys. Our pleasure. John Manson with us here. When we come back, part two of covering the Commonwealth next.